Well, hello. How are you today? I am super excited about this new episode on daily feasting the words in Christ because it kind of feels like companionship study for me to be able to like share with you what I learned from the scriptures. And I always loved doing that on my mission. When I was a missionary, I always, always loved sharing what I learned in the scriptures. Companion study was my absolute favorite, not to mention like personal, personal study time was great, but I didn't get a whole lot out of personal study time. I got way more out of companionship study when I like shared what I was studying. And so that's, that's what this does for me. So I am super excited to share with you, companion, uh, what I learned in my scripture study today. And in the Book of Mormon, I was in Second Nephi chapter 25. And Nephi has stopped talking about Isaiah, right? So we are back to plain speech. And in fact, Nephi's like, you know what? I'm going to speak in plainness. So y'all don't misunderstand anything that just went down. Which is awesome. Because all of us kind of need that at times. Just some straightforward talking. And he basically goes on to explain what all those chapters in Isaiah were kind of talking about, just like a brief summary of it all. He goes through how, like, the Jews have been captured by Babylon, and so from generation to generation until, like, Christ comes, they're going to, like, go back and forth between, like, which kingdom they are being held captive by. And the Lord will eventually restore them to their own lands. And at that time, that's that's when Christ will come to the Jews, but they will reject him and they will crucify him. And despite all that, he's going to be resurrected. And I really like the line that says, or, or this verse, maybe we'll just read the whole verse for you. It says, Behold, they will crucify him, and after he is laid in a sepulcher for the space of three days, he shall rise from the dead with healing in his wings, and all those who shall believe on his name shall be saved in the kingdom of God. And when I read that line, um, all those who shall believe on his name shall be saved in the kingdom of God, the thought that crossed my mind was, wow, wow. It really is just that simple. (laughs) Like, I think sometimes I complicate the gospel and think that I have to do so much before I can ever qualify to be in God's kingdom. You know, I have to do, keep all these commandments and do all these things. I got to do family history work and go to the temple and magnify my calling and reach out to my ministering sisters and do service and preach the gospel and read the scriptures and say my prayers. And like, we feel sometimes I complicate and thinking like I have to do all these things in order to be, you know, saved and accepted of God. And that's not the case, right? We are, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that we don't have to keep the commandments. That's not what I'm saying at all. All I, no, and I don't know that 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 this verse is. I don't think this verse is saying that either. 
What I think it's saying is Jesus Christ is the center of everything. Everything we do has some purpose in helping us come closer to our Savior. And in helping others come to the Savior. That's it. Right? Like we, everything we do is helping us to believe in Christ and help others to do the same. And so, you know, in thinking this way, it causes me to think a little bit differently about all the commandments. You know, it causes me to put things in the perspective of if living the gospel is to help me believe in Christ and help others believe in Christ, then how can I pray in such a way that that happens? right? How can I refine my prayers? How can I refine my scripture study? How can I refine my service to others and family history work and going to the temple? You know, how can I refine my church going, my callings, so that it's helping me come closer to Christ, and I'm also helping others come closer to Christ? Nephi, he he says in this chapter that everything he's doing Everything he's written, everything he's prophesying about is for this purpose alone. To help us believe in Christ. That's it. That's everything. (laughs) Like Nephi said it was going to be plain and simple and plain and simple it was. His purpose is to help us believe in Christ. God gave us the scriptures so that we could believe in Christ. We have prayer to help us believe in Christ. We have church to help us believe in Christ. Service, temples, preaching the gospel, you know, and that's helping. And those things can help other people to believe in Christ as well. And the more we can increase our belief and our faith in Christ, maybe that's how we get closer to him, you know? It's maybe it's not about how perfect we are at serving or praying or re- studying the scriptures, you know, or how much we know and understand. It's how much we believe. It's how much we have become like him. You know, how how close have we come to him? And how can we use these resources that have been given to us to draw us closer to him and to help others draw closer to him? And the gospel is super simple, (laughs) right? It is so extremely simple. As Nephi mentions in this chapter, he he briefly mentions Moses and the brass serpent uh, just as an example to say that God has all power. Um, and 
I love that Bible story for so many reasons. It is probably my top favorite Bible story. I love Moses and the Brass Serpent. And if if you're not super familiar with that story, I'll give a recap because I love it so much. So here we go. You're probably familiar with the story of how like the Hebrew children were slaves to Egypt and Moses comes and parts the Red Sea and they all escape into the wilderness. Okay, cool. Now they're in the wilderness and, you know, they get hungry and thirsty and they complain and they make golden calves. And then Moses has to come down and give them commandments because they're being unruly children and like just, ugh, they're, <laughs> they are like two-year-olds spiritually and they're complaining all the time and it's kind of wearing on Moses and it's kind of yeah it's just wearing on Moses and God seeing the children of Israel in the wilderness complaining about their situation as any good father he's trying to teach them because he's trying to help them to get back home. But they're not going to be able to get back home if they're complaining against the prophet all the time. It's not how it works. So he has to teach them. And so this is how God decides to teach them. He sends snakes. Venomous snakes. Yes, they're... You may not like snakes, I'm sure the children of Israel did not like them either. Because when people got bit, they would die. So this this was pretty bad. This was a bad situation. They were getting bit by poisonous snakes and people were getting sick and dying. So they get the message. They're like, okay, we should probably stop complaining, huh? This is This is pretty terrible. And so they turn to Moses and they're like, hey, so we're sorry and we don't want to die. So could you ask God how we can live? See, here's here's where the, the metaphor comes in, right? Oh, my goodness. This is so beautiful. Ah, it's great. People who realize that they are dying, that they're in this dire situation and that they need help. They turn to the prophet and they ask the prophet how they can get out of this situation, how they can live, how can, how they cannot die. Making any connections yet? Because my brain has. We on this earth are in a dire situation. We are all going to die, both physically and spiritually. And so we turn to the prophets, both past and present, for answers to know how to live. And the prophet goes to God and asks what the people need to do in order to live. So, back to Moses. I'm going to let that analogy stew in your brain while I finish the rest of the story. Moses goes to God and he prays. 
And he's like, okay, God, I think, I think they're getting the point. So what do we do? How do we help them? And he's like, you are going to make a brass serpent. And I want you to make this brass serpent and I want you to put it on a stick and I want you to set the stick up so that the snake is, the serpent is in the air and I want people to look at it. And when they look at it, they'll be healed. They won't die. Moses is like, awesome. I like it. And he goes and he does it. And he tells the people, okay, okay, I have a solution. Here it is. Here is how you can all live and not die. And he puts the brass serpent, the brass snake sculpture thingy on a stick, puts it up, and he tells the people, okay, when you look at that snake, you won't die. Now the people's mouths just fall open agape, and they're all looking at Moses like he's crazy. He's like, nope, that's what God told me. You look at it, you won't die. Moses is confident. He is sure. He, God has proven himself to Moses so many times. Moses has no doubts. He, like, he trusts God on this one. So he's just standing there confident and sure. And he's like staring them down as they stare back at him with their mouths wide open. And some of the people look at Moses Kind of glance at the snake, look back at Moses as he's standing there, confident, sure in what he's doing. And they're like, okay, we trust Moses to know what he's doing. He's gotten manna from heaven for us. He's gotten water out of a rock. He's parted the Red Sea. I think he's a prophet. So if he says this is what God has said, and I'm going to do it. And they look at the snake, the brass serpent, and they live. Now there's a good majority of people that look at Moses, glance at the snake, look back at Moses, and they're like, you're crazy. <laughs> you have fallen off your rocker, sir. You have gone off the deep end. And we will not follow you there because we are smarter than you. And we know better. And yeah, so we're going to find our own solution because obviously you didn't find the right one. This is all just a bunch of hocus pocus, whatever. You're trying to like kill us all by making us think that we'll just look at a, a, a metal snake and... Somehow that's going to save us all. And so they walk away. And they die. Okay, so... Are, are you hearing this? <laughs> are you hearing this? This story is my absolute favorite because it illustrates the simplicity of the gospel. And I love being reminded of the simplicity of the gospel. <laughs> Right? So, people turn to the prophet. The prophet turns to God. And God says, this is how you live. That brass serpent is a metaphor for Christ. It, it was a symbol. So, for us, 
In our situation, we turn to the prophet. The prophet turns to God. He asks God, okay, how can we live? God says, look to Christ. And so if we want to live, we got to look to Christ. That's what Nephi's saying. And if you have recently watched General Conference this past weekend, then you will remember that there was a lot of talks about Jesus Christ and that President Nelson, like he started off General Conference by saying how all the talks are going to be geared towards Christ in some way. And I thought that was so cool. I love that. And so you can see that the prophet is telling us, look to Christ. Look to Christ. Because that's how we're going to make it through this. That's how we're not going to die. This is how we're all going to live. It's that simple. We complicate this so much. I don't know why we complicate this. Maybe Satan has something to do with it. I don't know. I think even our natural man's part of us has something to do with it, you know? Because I don't think it's all Satan's fault. Satan may put the idea in our heads, but then we run wild with it. And that's, that's the issue. We run wild with the idea that the gospel has to be this complicated, grand thing. We think that there has to be more to it than this. There's not. This, the, Christ is it, folks. <laughs> There's only one Messiah. There's only one person who's going to be our Savior. This is it. That's all you have to do. Is look to him. Believe on his name. And the sad part about the brass serpent story is how many people don't look because it's too simple. And let me tell you, it is so sad to see people walk away. I have had so many friends and I've heard of so many family members have just walked away because they didn't they didn't believe anymore they let the gospel get complicated you know they stopped doing the simple things they they trusted more in themselves than in God and his prophet. And they're falling away. And that touches me to my very soul. Because I so strongly believe in this gospel and in Christ's like it just I can feel it guys I don't know how to explain it but I can feel it I can feel it it 
Like this gospel is so real to me. This gospel is not just something I I study because it it feels good. No, this is this is life and death for me, guys. And I'm I'm not perfect. I'm, I know that. Right? I I'm just as much a sinner as you are. You know, and as much as I'm trying, you know, I I can feel it more so than I ever have in my life. And I recognize I have a while, like a while to go, but I feel, I feel the importance of this. I feel that this gospel is life and death, that this life is like everything is centered around this gospel, right? There is no part of my life that this gospel cannot help me with, cannot be a part of, or already is. The gospel's my worldview. That's how I choose to see things. That's how I choose to live. This is, that's how I choose to believe. And so, if you're listening to this and this has touched your heart, I hope, I hope you stay with it. Stay with the gospel. A lot of things are coming that are going to test us. They're going to test you. They're going to test me. There's going to be a sifting going on to see who will look to Christ and who will not. And I hope you look because I don't want you to die. I don't want to lose you. Right? It, it, the alternative to not looking to Christ is darkness and misery and death. That is, I mean, the sound of that just does not sound nice. Right? It, Christ is life and joy and light. That's where I want to be. That's where I want you to be. So make the choice to look and to stay, to stay with it, even as the storm rages on. Let it rage. Stay with it. Because, you know, just as much as Christ is typified by a brass snake, he's also typified by a foundation. And if we build our lives centering it around Christ, we're going to have a foundation that can withstand any storm, guys. Why? Because Christ withstood every storm that came his way. He performed the atonement. He's been through every single storm and he knows how to weather it all. So if we build our lives and center it around him, 
We will have a strong foundation and we will be able to weather it all. Right next to him. And, you know, it's been kind of cool reading the Bible along with this because, you know, the, the Book of Mormon is purpose is to persuade everyone to believe and come unto Christ, right? And so now I'm in the Bible reading about his actual life story. And this is Matthew chapter 11. He talks a little bit about John the Baptist and what his role is. He talks about these cities that he's performed miracles in that are not believing in him. They're choosing not, not to see. But, um, you know, this chapter ends with the verses, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Like those verses, you may be very familiar with them. You know, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All that, all that jazz. And those verses were good for me to hear. Because, you know, I had a little mini storm raging in the wee hours of the night. And I kind of got anxious and I, and I got stressed and I got worried. And so when I read that chapter about the Savior and he says, come to me and I will give you the rest that you're looking for. I will help you. I will like I will help you to bear your burdens. You know, Nephi talks about coming to Christ and Christ talks about come to me because that's where we'll find rest. You know, the that's that's where we'll find healing. Life is crazy. A lot of people think that the gospel is a burden. That's just another thing they have to do. And that life will be easier if they lighten the load of their demands on their schedule. And the gospel is one of the first things that goes off their to-do list. Bloop. And really, the gospel is not a burden. The gospel is wings. The gospel is what helps us get through the rest of our demands when we make time for God God makes time for us like literally he will make more time or make us more efficient with our time you know however you want to think about it and so no matter the worries that you have or that I have when we go to Christ, he can help us with it all. All of it. We don't have to hold anything back. In fact, he asks us not to hold anything back. He asks us to give it all to him. And he will help us with it. And I'm so glad that I read that today. That I got to hear... Christ through these pages speak to me and say come unto me Alma 
I've got you. We're going to make it through this. There's a a way, and I'm it. And everything's going to be alright. I want to thank you for tuning in today. For enjoying this scriptural feast with me. Letting me share this with you. And, you know, that this is, this is such a cool and special experience to be able to share these things with you. It really is so cool. It makes my heart so happy that I get to talk to you and share these insights that I have. It, it makes it so much more exciting to study the scriptures and the scriptures make so much more sense to me when I say them out loud and get to share with somebody else. So thank you for being there. You know, and I hope that you tune in tomorrow when I make my next episode. And I hope that today you have a good day and that you come to Christ. Make time today to come to him as soon as possible. Because why wait? You know? If a, if a snake just bit you and poisoned you, <laughs> you don't have much time to live. So, come on. Hurry up. Look. Believe. Don't, don't waste another minute. Don't waste another second. Living in misery. Because that doesn't sound fun. Come find rest now. Come to Christ. Invite others to come with you. Invite them to leave the dark and come to the light. Because this world is in some pretty dark times. And we're going to need all the light we can get. And the best source is Jesus Christ. In fact, (laughs) he's the only source of true light. So come on down. Come join me. Bring others along. Let's weather the storm together with Jesus. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.